Hi there, I'm Jason. And I'm Joseph. And this is the Infinity Cast, where we spill the tea on Marvel and pop culture. This week, we're discussing Falcon and Winter Soldier, Episode 5, Truth. So let's get into it with the recap. After using Captain America's shield to kill one of the Flag Smashers publicly, John Walker flees but is pursued by Sam and Bucky. Sam demands that Walker hand over the shield, but Walker refuses and they fight for it. Walker destroys Sam's wingsuit, but Sam and Bucky take the shield from him, breaking his arm in the process. Sam then leaves his damaged wingsuit with Joaquin Torres and asks him to continue looking for the Flag Smashers. Bucky finds Zemo at a memorial in Sokovia and hands him over to the Dora Milaje. Walker receives an other-than-honorable discharge and is stripped of his role as Captain America. Afterwards, Walker is approached by Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, who tells him that taking the serum and killing the Flag Smasher was the right thing to do, and she says she'll be in touch. Walker later visits the family of Lamar Hoskins and tells him that the man he killed is the one that killed Lamar. Sam returns to Baltimore to visit Isaiah Bradley, who discusses his past as a black super soldier and how he was imprisoned after rescuing fellow soldiers who had been experimented on. Bradley states that a black man would never be allowed to become Captain America and that no black man should want to. Sam then returns home to Louisiana and helps his sister fix the family boat with assistance from several locals, as well as Bucky, who delivers a briefcase from the Wakandans. Sam and Bucky train with the S.H.I.E.L.D. together and agree to move on from their pasts and work together. Meanwhile, the Flag Smashers plan an attack on a GRC conference in New York City and are joined by Batrock, who has been released from prison by Sharon Carter and claims he wants to kill the Falcon. In a mid-credits scene, Walker builds a new shield from scrap metal and his war medals. Is the public ever going to find out that the guy who Walker killed, Nico, did not, in fact, kill Lamar? Like, that's a thing. I, he keeps saying, like, oh, I, he made me do it. He made me do it. He made Well, nobody made you do anything, number one. Number two... He isn't even the one who killed Lamar. Like, it didn't even happen that way. So that being said, like, during the court-martial, I definitely did sympathize with Walker and the way he was talked to by the government. I, I His line of, you built me, was one of the most truest things I, I think that the, the, the show is trying to get across. You know, the government does this and then doesn't care about you once you're done. Yeah, legitimately, it's it's really good commentary on how we train soldiers for war and then we discard them. Yeah, and that's it. We're done. I mean, he's still freaking off the deep end. And the serum made someone who's already dealing with post-traumatic stress disorder and on top of being turned into a killer by your government. And, and being rewarded for it, even if you think it's morally wrong. And he knows it deep inside some of the shit he did is morally wrong, but he was given medals for it. So that's causes not just PTSD, but such confusion. And I feel like forms of gaslighting the government does, and they just don't give a shit when they're done. And they toss you out. Like, you built me, and now you're casting me off. It's so fucking... It was sad. It was sad. He's still fucking nuts. Oh, yeah. He's gone off the deep end. But, you know, it's kind of the government's fault. Yeah, no, exactly. And so, like... When it comes down to it, still, bad guy is the government. Interesting enough, the bad guy is Uncle Sam. Not our Uncle Sam, but actual Uncle Sam. Walker is still the bad guy, though, because killing an unarmed foreign national who had surrendered, that's that's a war crime, bro. Yeah, no, that's a war crime. Just like the Flag Smashers, they're bad guys because they're killing everyone and they're bad guys. So there's nothing to be said there. Like you automatically throw Walker to be a bad guy because he killed somebody on national television. But you forget all the people that the Flag Smashers, Carly, in her adorable little one world, one people. We just want to be citizens of the planet as long as we murder everybody while doing it. 
Is One World One People the new Hail Hydra? God, my eyes cannot roll enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I still don't care about them. And I get that half their storyline might be on the cutting room floor because, oh no, Americans are dealing with a virus, so let's get all the mentions of a virus out of our storyline. Otherwise, they might not be able to handle it. Yeah, I'm I'm going to chalk up a lot of the inconsistencies and kind of the sketchiness about the Flag Smashers to be changes in the story because of a possible dropped storyline. Yeah, I'm kind of annoyed. Like, I, we're adults. Like, we can handle, like, it's it's... I watched fucking Contagion while we were in a pandemic. People like me, I don't care. Like, I want to see stuff like that actually during relevant times because it reminds us that these things have conversations to be had, you know, but... Also, it's just, it's another thing that would have been, oh man, this story has become even more real since it was written and filmed. Exactly, exactly. And so I'm really annoyed that they kind of like, oh no, they can't handle that. They're, they're poor little minds. They won't be able to handle a story about a virus. Shut the fuck up. Give us our, give us the whole thing. We're not we're not children here. It is kind of a shame that we'll never truly know what it exactly would have been about. But I do have a feeling it was about vaccine equity. Yeah, exactly. Like they stole vaccines because the GRC were not giving it to the right people. And I think that was that was going to be the story that showed that the GRC doesn't care about giving it to everyone. It's like the upper middle class and the upper class were getting them first. And, you know, probably the 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 working class people and the lower class people were not getting them at all. And that's what sparked a major thing for the Splash Smashers to go and do that. And so they stole vaccines to go and make sure that people weren't dying. And that's probably probably what all that was about. And it would have been a lot more poignant and it got lost. And it really annoys me because I want to have sympathy for the Flag Smashers more. I do. I think considering all the things that this show does right, we can give them a little bit of a gimme on this drop storyline. No, I, I do. I get it. And again, the show is 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 beautiful. And the fact that it, it's doing what it's doing is great. But it is, is something that the longer the show goes, the more I see that emptiness, that void. To really give it that perfect score, which it would have gotten, I think, is just do that. You're getting a 95, but you would have gotten a freaking 100. You're getting an A, but you could have been an A+. plus. Would have gotten an A+, plus and I would have sent you home an Amazon gift card. They could have used that Amazon gift card, so then John Walker could buy himself a shield instead of making one in his garage with a box of scraps. And his medals. Aw, how metaphorical. So let's let's talk about that first fight scene, though, because holy shit. Yeah, that was brutal. He was not going for, for maiming or injuring. He was going for murder. Oh, yeah, he was he was legit going to kill sam with that shield yeah he wanted to kill everything every move every body language uh the beginning intro when when they're just talking you could hear the civil war music the same music that played over tony bucky and and cap you know those conversations that sad lament civil war theme was playing during that sequence and it just uh the tragedy of it all right before and right at the end watching sam try to clean the shield with his hands was heartbreaking just heartbreaking yeah, literally, literally trying to like wipe the stain off of the shield and off of its legacy and the, the blood on his hands metaphorically and also literally is really good. It also made me realize like when uh, Sam's got fucking moves, <laughs> he, he knows how to use those wings. It, it hurt me when he tore them off, but like he knew how to use that thing. Doing that sweep with the wings. Oh, that was so good. It was so good. Also, there was a couple points where Bucky had the shield and I was like, 
damn, Bucky also looks really good with that shield. Bucky knows how to use that shield. Bucky knows how to how to make it work. He's he's got the super soldier serum in him. Though I think to a certain extent, up to a lesser extent than than like it's not as good as the one Steve got. Because I always feel like he's he can take on Steve, but he's not as powerful. I think as the way they portray it, at least as some of the other powered. Either that, maybe he's holding back now that he's not the Winter Soldier anymore. I think it's probably partially that, and you're right. Maybe it is like a like a little bit weaker. It's like the Russian knockoff version of the serum. Yeah, the wish, the wish version of the serum. What did you think of John Walker like lying to himself, like, and also to Bucky and Sam, like he killed Lamar? No, he didn't, dude. We were there. Yeah, like, dude, we were right there. He did not. No, but you made me. So like you're, and it, it just even the way he like was talking when he was in the fight. You're making me do this. Look what you're making me do. Abusers talk like that. People who know they're abusers talk like that because they have to remind themselves that they're the good people. He's delusional. He needs to feel this. It's not a narcissistic thing, but his ego is so fragile in this thing that I think he's just, he's he's gone mad and the serum has just made it worse. That it's just brought him over. He needs to be right and he knows he's not. So that confliction is making him crazy. And it's sad because it's just, it's what the government made him. It's what his PTSD without any kind of real mental health has done for him. And he's a, he's, he's a menace to himself and, and others. And people like that shouldn't be in positions of power, whether they be Captain America's or soldiers or cops. And they certainly shouldn't be given shields and posters everywhere to rem- to remind him how amazing he is all the time. And I, I feel like that's what Lamar was. It was it was a constant reminder that he is on the right. And now without Lamar, he's he's just lost his shit to like have to remind himself. And his way of doing that is lying to himself, lying about facts and screaming in other people's faces as he beats the crap out of them saying, you're making me do this. And there it is. Law enforcement, man. Gotta love it. Speaking of soldiers, we finally got to see a soldier we like again. Torres is back. I know, he's so cute. He was real interested in what happened to those wings. He really was, and he he got to keep them. It's almost as if he might be another falcon down the line. Yeah, I mean, I'm down because, one, it's good for representation. But two, he is adorable, and he's he's really funny, and he's... uh, He's like, what, what did uh, what did Sam call him? Bizarrely wise. They're doing so much to to build up the characters in this show as more than what one episode is going to give us. I'm a firm believer we're getting a season two, even if not an actual a spiritual one, like change of title, whatever. But we're getting a season two. Like this isn't going to be like storylines that are going we're going to follow in other movies and other properties. I mean that too, maybe. We, yeah, I mean we are. But I think we're getting a real season two here. Yeah, I, I think so. And I think it's I think you're right to think that it's going to come with a title change because, well, it has to. It's going to be Captain America and White Wolf or Captain America and Falcon. And if it follows Torres, uh, you know, it all depends on basically Bucky. Um, is Bucky going to stick around with Falcon? Is it going to be the stories of, of, of Captain America, the Winter Soldier and the Falcon? You know, in which case it's a triptych now. You know, two two old, you know, two old, not real friends, but sort of partners, um, work associates, if, if you will. Um, and Torres, adorable, cute, having to deal with all this shit. That's too, way too excited to be getting get down dirty with it. Torres. Yeah, I, and I I've been saying this from the beginning. We didn't necessarily need this show. Literally, we could pick up in the next movie that has Sam and Bucky 
and Sam could just be, you know, he could have just always been Captain America straight out of Endgame, right? And like Bucky, technically he was fixed before uh, before Infinity War. But having this show and seeing them actually do the work, both the characters, like earning the shield and like getting over his past, both of them getting over their past traumas, like it's so universe enriching and I love it. And not only that, just even what you just said, metaphorically and actually, it's like they're they're doing what Sam said at the end. And that, that speech that Sam gives, the tough love speech about doing the work. And that's the important stuff. Not only that, like you saw the whole last half of the episode be about doing work, like going home and, and in order to process his own stuff. He turned to the community. He asked the community for help. He He turned to the community to help his sister and the boat situation like. All that stuff is all wrapped up in the same therapeutic philosophy, doing the work and asking for help, reaching out, becoming part of a small community, volunteering, asking for forgiveness and not just like doing it for the sake of getting, you know, making yourself feel better, but doing the work so other people can feel better. And this show is, yes, it's all about action. It's all about, you know, you know, chaos and, you know, the politics um, and some of these politics, very, very necessary to be talked about. But this show is so much about therapy and so much about owning and accepting your own mistakes and moving forward in a healthy way. And I, I, I can't, I can't simp the show enough for doing that and having that conversation and having Sam be a therapist throughout this whole thing consistently since Captain America Winter Soldier. Oh, it's beautiful. And I'm so thankful for it. Yeah, no, I know. I completely agree. And, you know, Sam, Sam and Bucky weren't just fixing a ship. They were building a friendship. OK, I'm done. That's it. I, I wondered what 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 it would be to, like, make me just want to walk away. And, and I, I wondered if there would be a thing that you would eventually say that just makes me walk. And I think we found it. But no, seriously, their talk at the end, it was a really good talk. And I really appreciated that Sam did give Bucky that that little bit of tough love and was like, stop avenging, start actually amending. Yeah, he's like, you weren't a, you weren't amending, you were avenging. Which is a such a great line, and it is true. It's exactly what he was doing. Yeah, and, and, and also within universe, it's so perfect. It's like, dude, you're an avenger. You were avenging. Like, that's, that's what you were doing. You weren't, you weren't amending anything. You know, like, we didn't have three movies called The Amenders. Like, it's there we are. It was so fucking real. In all the ways it could be real. And, and also Bucky taking a step back and just being like, we legitimately didn't understand what it meant giving a black man this shield. And I'm sorry for putting you in that position. And I thought that was, I just thought that was amazing. Yeah. And it goes back to the the therapy. The last time we were in the therapy room where I was like, no, I, Bucky realized that he hurt Sam and didn't process that at that point in time. It's like, that's the thing. Don't hurt people. And I hurt Sam and I'm trying to figure out what's happened there. And then throughout the journey, he does understand. We didn't understand what it meant when we asked you to take the shield. When Steve told me his plan, which is right before Steve went on his old time journey, that's what he's referring to. When Steve told Bucky his whole plan was to go back in time, do that, and give Sam the shield. That was discussed beforehand. And there it is. We didn't understand it then. I do now. And I'm sorry. It was so, yeah, it was great. Great scene. This episode, this episode felt like a finale, or it felt like 
episode one of a season two, there was so much here paying off of the buildups of previous things. I'm just curious what next week is going to be, but damn. Yeah. I mean, we're going to have to see if they stick the landing. It's they're they're They've got some good footing, but uh, I, I do wonder we've, we've still got a lot to deal with. Yeah, there is. And that's why I'm telling you that we're getting a season two. We're, we're, we're this is too much in the show for us to just be closing out everything. So whether the storylines are going to go to other properties or another season or the films, we will find out. How did you like the closeout with Zemo? I mean, let me, let me tell you about Zemo. I cannot express how much, how, how I love Zemo. He, throughout this entire show, has been a man of class and grace and enjoyable to watch. He is a, he is a man of letters. He is a, he is a man of the world. He is cultured. I enjoy every moment he's, he's on film. Every word that comes out of his mouth, I am there for. I'm happy that he didn't go out like a bitch or a punk. He was like, all right, I just wanted to be here. I waited for you, took you long enough, told you I was going to be here. You can now take me away. I think you should kill Carly. I'm not going to kill anybody. and I'm not going to kill you. Okay, okay. I took the liberty of crossing my name off your list for you. Such a classy thing to do. And now he's on his way to go be with Ross on the raft and become a Thunderbolt. That does seem like where we're heading. Yeah, when you asked that question weeks ago, I was like, yeah, probably not. There's already so much on the plate. But the moment they said the raft, I'm like, there it is. I am almost certain that that is going to be the post credit scene. Yeah, we're getting Young Avengers. We're getting Thunderbolts. We're getting so many subtle things are happening to come to do. Hell, they could be the same goddamn show, whatever is coming up next. But, or it could just be all wrapped up in whatever this show is going to be. Maybe season two of this show is going to be a Thunderbolt show. Yeah, who, who knows? I think the biggest surprise of this episode to me was that the secret cameo was fucking Elaine. Elaine. I know, right? <laughs> and they kept saying, big comic book star, big comic book star. I'm like, okay, okay. What? It could be anybody. Marvel's not <laughs> not short of comic book heroes, especially if you told you it was a courthouse. I told you it was going to be a courthouse. That part was correct, yeah. Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine. Madame Hydra herself, the Viper. They could literally go in any direction with that character because she was a longtime S.H.I.E.L.D. agent and then she was in Hydra and she was Madam Hydra, but she was actually working for Leviathan. God, she could be anything they want. And, and that's the thing. It could have such ramifications on the entire universe and what she, apparently there's big plans set aside for her. I'm like, great. Awesome. I know she was going to be and will be in the Black Widow movie. So that's how we would have gotten the introduction to her initially. Yeah, so we would have actually known who she was when she showed up. Yeah, exactly. Also, I guess in Secret Invasion, she's a Skrull, and it's kind of big to the storyline. Oh, okay. I don't know. It, it, it's so weird because it could go anywhere, but her cameo in this very much felt like a Nick Fury. Yeah, she is the evil Nick Fury. She is the, and the Viper, the way she talks. Like, oh, you want to do this? Call me Val, but don't really call me Val. Just the way she talks. Oh, God. Julia Louis-Dreyfus, thank you so much. Thank you for lending yourself to this, because mm, she's such a talker. I legit was like, I don't know who this character is supposed to be, but I was enamored with her performance because I love the actress. So there it is. We got her cameo. And most people like like you that like, don't know who she was. I happen to know that from doing research elsewhere. I didn't know her from the comics because I wasn't familiar 
directly, but I remember doing research on somebody else. I didn't remember who it was. Be like, wait a second, that name sounds familiar. The way she's ragging it off like that, boom, boom, boom. It's like I know that name, and it's like that's fucking Madame Hydra. Holy shit! <laughs> but yeah, they could they could legit do anything with this character, and obviously she's going to be important going forward. I will say this: um, this this whole episode and the whole show reminds me. Steve never went through the government indoctrination. Like Steve is a good man who was a soldier for 15 seconds and never had to be trained or brainwashed by the government. He was always a relatively free agent. And what he did when he went to save his fellow soldiers and he got medals for it, as opposed to Isaiah doing that and getting imprisoned for the same action. Because what he did and what Steve did are pretty much the same thing at the beginning of their careers. Basically, yes. And Isaiah got imprisoned and experimented on. And Steve got was allowed to continue to be a free agent. Because then he woke up and became a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, worked for them, and became an Avenger, and yada yada. He, he didn't have to compromise his personality, whereas Walker did. Walker was a soldier, and that's what you're just trained to be a soldier. And he went through that process for years until he was given given the S.H.I.E.L.D. And that's the difference. They didn't... Our Steve wasn't made Captain America after becoming a soldier. He was Captain America. Yeah, let's get back to Isaiah, though. Um, Carl Lumby in this episode. So, so good. I'm so glad that we went back and, and got more with Isaiah Bradley because he's such an interesting character and it adds such depth to the story. Just him, like I said, is really powerful. You know, they will never let a black man be Captain America and a self-respecting black man shouldn't want to be. And Sam's over there just like, mm. hmm. Yeah. And Sam is trying to process all that. And what that's, that's why he goes home. It's like, I, I need to figure this shit out now. Do you think that he went to Isaiah to get talked out of being Captain America? I think he went to Isaiah to try to figure out what happened. That was, what was wrong. Like he needs to make sense of everything. I, I don't think, I think he went to Isaiah to, to try to understand what the situation happened. Not not to force a decision. He needed information. Isaiah didn't even want to see that shield. No, he didn't. He was like, get that shit away. Get the stars and stripes. What that represents is not me. And a part of me wondered, like, if... And, and that's the thing. Because they they keep they messed with the timeline originally. Because I think in the comics, he and his fellow men were experiments that would have eventually led to Steve getting a good version of the serum. And And... Then the rest plays out. In this case, Steve happened first, and then they're all clamoring to try to remake the serum. And that's that's what he was getting. And so the experiments were to remake the serum, right? And that's then you get your MCU version of the Tuskegee experiments. Essentially. And and the name of this episode actually comes from that storyline in the comics. It's called Truth, Red, White, and Black. But it that it that is a necessary conversation to have. In today's era, and I hope that everyone who watches it is humbled by it. Because yes, this is fiction, but everything he was talking about has its truth there. And it's and it's meaning and metaphor, even direct. Because again, Tuskegee experiments were a thing. Um, when he was talking about the red tails, that happened. Yeah, he was talking about uh, you know the the three thirty second the Tuskegee Airmen coming back from World War II and having crosses burned on their lawns. Yeah. Then you have you have uh, what happened with Muhammad Ali, him not wanting to fight 
in war for a country that isn't going to fight for him. And that that's the parallels right there. It's like, of course, he's, no black man wants to actually fight in a war for the Stars and Stripes or for the American flag because the American flag doesn't do shit for them. There's a lot of stuff that actually happened in our history that is referenced there. And I think that's that's what needs to be understood. And regardless of the fiction, this was a very honest and truthful, universally needed conversation to have. Yeah, that's why Sam Wilson's character is so interesting because he believes in that Stars and Stripes bullshit. Yeah, well, because of Steve, I think most, I mean, yes, because I think of his own experiences and who he is and then leaving you know, war to be a therapist and take care of the vets. He was a good man like Steve and saw war in a different way. And he's, he became an Avenger because he had to, because he followed Steve because he, he had to help fix something that was wrong, but he was never seeking all the things that most people in war and most people who are soldiers seek. Um, and he's a little, and there's a little naivety, which is showcased in the conversation between him and Isaiah um, you know, the world is different now. And I say, like, you think things are different? You think times are different? They will never let a black man be Captain America. And if they did, you know, as I, as you said, they will no self-respecting black man would ever be it. But the fact that he thinks times are different. I know people, we could fix this. Like, no, man, times aren't different. Yeah, he wanted to, uh, he wanted to reveal the truth about Isaiah. And Isaiah's just like, you think I'd last a day? Yeah, exactly. That's... Things are not different. Things have changed, but they haven't changed that much. Yeah. The, the, the more things change, the more they say the same. The inherent racism that still exists that we apparently need to talk about in this show are things that are still there and have been there and have never let go. As Isaiah said, it's like they've been, they've been removing my history for 500 years. And, and, and I mean, I, we can, I can sit here and I feel like I don't really have the, the right to comment too much further other than the fact that I'm glad this conversation happened. I am, I'm humbled by it. And uh, I, I just think truth, that's where it's at. Disclaimer, you and I are not the best custodians of this conversation, but I think it's an important conversation to have. And I'm, I'm glad that we're talking about it. And I'm glad that this show is having that conversation. I posted a meme with the inherent racism and in how we treat our vets in the logo style of Falcon Winter Soldier. And it was just so perfect. I had to post it. And uh, I had a response. One of my friends commented like, oh, I was wondering, I haven't seen the show yet, but I was wondering why a lot of my liberal friends think the show is amazing. And a lot of my conservative friends are like, meh, <laughs> now I know why. <laughs> it's like, yeah, pretty much. Sorry, not sorry, conservatives. I hope this piece of fictional media makes you question your beliefs. I won't. It's just going to make them get upset and go watch a DC movie. I think the major thing we haven't talked about is... So what's the deal with Sharon Carter? I don't think she's the power broker because if she is, I mean, why would she be helping the Flag Smashers? Because she got Bartok out of prison and then it's like, here, here's a job. You got to go do that. And I don't know if she's the power broker, but she brokered this deal with uh, Batrock and the Flag Smashers and Batrock wants Sam dead. I don't know. I don't know who she is. I'm still, it's a big freaking question mark still because do we have room for another like mysterious thing? But it's so obvious that she'd be the power broker just because of that. Like, so you're just becoming it by association because there's nothing else left for her to be. Have you heard about the iPhone theory? That's the iPhone theory. So apparently Apple loves to have their products used 
in movies and TVs and whatever, they do not ever want their products being used by a villain in a in a movie or television. And do you know who doesn't have an iPhone? Sharon Carter. My friend David keyed me into this. Sure enough, she does not have an iPhone. Hmm. Hmm. But what? But I don't know. I, I, we got to see next week to see wh- how this all makes sense. Because logistically, again, she's like, when it comes to the Flag Smashers, I will I will kill you for taking my shit. I mean, she was literally there when Zemo killed her main source of the serum. So I feel like she hasn't behaved like the power broker. So I, I don't know. I mean, the only thing I can think of is that she is the one funding the Flag Smashers. Ooh. But I don't even understand her reasoning for that. Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, Sharon Carter is an open question, and she's one of the several that we need to resolve in like the next 60 minutes of television. And I really hope we're going to get like the, the, the runtime, and it's like, next episode of the last episode of Falcon Winter Soldier coming in a runtime of two hours and 57 minutes. Go. Okay, thanks. Because that's how much time I think we need to close up all these freaking storylines. Essentially, yes. Um, we do have got a lot. We got a lot that we need to close out in the next episode. Although, if, if you and I are both correct in our thoughts, maybe some of it they will leave lingering for a second season. Yeah, yeah. I guess we'll find out and see. Because I feel like Disney wants to close the things that need to be closed and the things that will linger. Like they have to make sure they're going to linger in the right way, so they can start up fresh. You know. No one, no one wants like a situation where you have a, where you can watch these things out of order and make everyone confused. I know Disney is working with that scenario in mind. So the show will come to some form of conclusion. How much of that will will know? You know what I think's crazy? That senator that keeps popping up has no name, but he's in all of the, all of the Marvel shit. Yeah, in, in, on IMDb, he's literally listed as just government official. You'd think they'd give him a name, right? Hmm. How is it that Bucky is even in the position to ask the Wakandans for a favor after the words that came out of um, Io's mouth right before was, stay away from Wakanda for a while, White Wolf? Oh, you're right. You're right. I should. How about a favor? I need a big favor. Like, they're scolding him for fucking up and being on the on the on the not so happy side of Wakanda. But then he asked for a huge favor and which we know is giving building uh, Sam a suit. What's in the box. What's in the box. What's in the box. What's in the box. I want, I want Sam to have those vibranium wings. Yeah. He's going to get vibranium wings. No one's going to rip those off. And, and that's the, the other, the other thing I want to know is like, does Walker really think that his shield is going to be like at all as good as, Cap shield. I want in the next episode for him just to throw it at a thing and then it just to clang onto the floor. It just clangs and dents and is run over by like a Mini Cooper and is destroyed. That's what I want. Honestly, I kind of think John Walker should just give up on the Captain America thing and then just do cosplay DIYs. (laughs) I I think he's becoming going to become a US agent and he in the comics, he's an anti-hero. So he's going to probably go like on this um you know spiritual journey and just roam around and be kind of like i'm an asshole but i'm also going to try to be a better person he's gonna go like bucky light i still think he's crazy oh he's definitely crazy 
that man, that man really needed therapy. Yeah. And he hasn't gotten it. And I don't think he thinks he needs it. So we'll see who he becomes. Um, one of my notes on a technical level on this episode was that we had like all these montages. We had a boat montage of fixing the boat. And then we had the montage of, of Sam training with the shield. Great. But we had a third montage of Bucky and him fixing the boat only to be like interrupted by Sarah. And I felt like that was that sequence was unnecessary. There was nothing that provided any more insight of what they were doing or character moments or any plot forward other than Sarah kicking them off the boat so they could go train with the shield. We could have just started with training with the shield. Cut that sequence out. I'll take any uh, chance for Bucky to kind of hit on Sarah. Sorry, Sam. Your nephews have a new daddy and he's like 107 years old. (laughs) The only other thing I have in my notes is I found it unintentionally humorous the beginning of this episode with John Walker just running. I don't know why, but it was just like in my head, I smash cut the end of the last episode to the beginning of this episode. And it's like he murders someone, looks at everyone and then just like, ah, run. Six million dollar man runs away. Hiding out like a like a terrified dog. Do you think he'll end up on the Thunderbolts? Maybe. I mean, like, he's he's an asshole who can be utilized by a greater purpose. Assuming that Ross's purpose is great. Or or Val's. Maybe she's working for Ross, though. Maybe she's out doing the legwork. Or maybe she's Hydra Part 2. Or maybe she's with Leviathan, who kind of showed up in Agent Carter Season 2. Questionable canonicity. Or she works for Roxham. She could literally, she's literally whatever the next person that uses her character wants her to be. Yeah. She could be anything. And that's, I think that's some of the the awesomeness of that character. And I think, again, the excitement I have for Elaine playing it. She's Elaine. I I, I know her name, but she is Elaine forever. I think that's it. That's all I got. This one didn't have as, as many concerning moments or things we could talk about. I felt like this was really about closing a lot of things and having those hit moments hit poignantly. I mean, just even that shot, that shot when like uh, that above shot in the fight sequence, when Sam like body slams Walker for the last time when Bucky swings his body, like, Oh my God, that, that shot when they all just kind of hit and then fall to the ground with the shield in the middle. And besides that, like this was, more of a this is more of an emotional character episode and also kind of the calm before the storm yeah it's what what i always what i kept referring to in my head was this was like the salah moment both in universe and out for the audience like salah is a is a is a word from the from the old testament it means we we think it means to pause and consider they use it at the end of bible verses so you can think about what you just read take a moment and process to the next thing and I think this episode, Sam had his own moment, his own Salah moment, and went back to fix the boat and all that, and pause and consider his his next path. And so we know what he's going to do. He's opening the box. All right. So make sure to like, subscribe, and please tell your friends. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at InfinityCast, spelled Infinite A Cast. And you can email us at infinitycast at gmail.com. Until next time, I'm Jason. And I'm Joseph. And we'll see you guys next week.